Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome back to In the Huddle, Carl Dukes. Put him up along with Jason LaCanfora. O-M-G. Do we have a lot to talk about today? And we've got to start. WTF, brother. (laughs) WTF applies as well. We've got to start with the chaos, the craziness, the circus that has become the Indianapolis Colts. Jason, last night I watched this uh, Jim Irsay press conference. It was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. And to get you guys caught up, Basically, this is a huge reach by Jim Irsay to bring in Jeff Saturday now as the new interim coach of the Colts after firing Frank Wright. So, Jason, I want to start there because there's a lot to digest with this whole situation. What the hell are the Colts doing? They're tanking on steroids. They are they are going to unparalleled, un, previously unforeseen previously unimaginable depths to try to get the first overall pick and and they can spin it any other way they want. And they they can, they can vomit out any verbal nonsense they want. And, and it's, 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 it's unfathomable that they're going to take someone who was a really good center who dabbled in high school coaching who never had any ambitions of being a head coach whatsoever. And they're going to prop him out in the middle of a season that's been a complete and utter disaster. And they're going to pretend that this farce is in some way related to them trying to win more football games, not less. Meanwhile, they're sticking with the quarterback who can't play in the NFL rather than even think about going back to Matt Ryan or uh, Foles, right, who they're also paying money to to hold a clipboard. And they're selling this in that they're smarter than everybody else. And Ursay is a master team builder. Um, and 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 you know, it's like a it's like a three-card Monty here. Like just, you know, don't follow the truth. Follow follow my over here, over there. The, the truth is this is a disaster. Um, it's a slap in the face to every head coach in the NFL. It's a slap in the face to every man in that locker room who signed up for what they build as. This is the same owner who told you he was going to win multiple Lombardi trophies with Andrew Luck. True. He won none. It's the guy who only won one with Peyton Manning and Polian. And this is a guy who told you, hey, Carson Wentz, get him the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, now we're going to we're gonna go with Matt Ryan. This is what he knows. And then when he decides it's tank time, he makes him play Ellinger. They fire an offensive coordinator who wasn't even an offensive coordinator. It's clear he'd been thinking about this. From the moment he mandated the quarterback change, he had given up on this season. Well, 
that's a hell of a message to send to your locker room. A guy like Shaq Leonard who busts his ass to come back from injury, and he gets back right at the time you decide to play Ellinger because you don't want to win football games. When you start really undermining your head coach, and trust me, he didn't wake up one morning and say, Eureka, Jeff Sat. He's been, this is, he's obviously been plotting this for It's a three week process. Mandate the quarterback change, make Reich fire an offensive coordinator who, who really, who he really liked, who wasn't even calling the plays anyway. Right. And then when that doesn't work, because of course it's not going to work, now I've got my excuse to fire Reich. And I've got three former head coaches on my staff. F all that. I'm going to pull Jeff Saturday out of retirement. And I mean, we're sitting here on a Monday night and the, the, you're listening to this yammering, this jibber jabber, this complete BS and thinking they're doing this right now at the expense of even putting a staff together because they couldn't start the press conference on time. The press conference ends pretty late at night. And Jeff Saturday is like, yeah, now I got to go interview guys and see who's going to call plays for us in an NFL regular season game five days from now. I can't tell you who that is right now. I've got to talk to my staff, which isn't even really my staff. It's weak sauce. If I've ever seen it, it's it's the most incredulous thing I, I've seen in a very long time. When you start talking about how an organization is run, an owner, and how he's viewed. Let's talk about the last three weeks, as you just mentioned. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger joins us as well, guys. We release new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday. Subscribe. Get all the latest on what's going on around the league as we take you inside of the NFL. You mentioned they lost three in a row. They bench Matt Ryan, they fire the OC, they fire the head coach, and now they hire an ESPN analyst. And by the way, this is not a knock on Jeff Saturday, all right? Great Sat- great. He's great. As a matter of fact, I really enjoyed him as an analyst on ESPN doing his thing and the pancake thing and all yeah. that stuff. It's fun. He's great at it. But he's not a great coach. He's coaching right here in the state of Georgia at a Christian academy for the last two or three seasons. He's got high school coaching experience. I get it. He was a great center. He played uh, in front of a guy who was arguably the best quarterback ever in Peyton Manning. And I understand a six-time pro bowler. But Jeff Saturday, this is a damn reach if I've ever seen it. And so now you have to wonder, okay? you Is it a reach or is it a a wave and a white flag? Because the only time I've ever been any good is when a generational quarterback has fallen to me at first overall. So let's talk about that, Jason, because here's the deal. You can talk about Ursay being a great owner all you want, but they hit the lottery twice. He hit it with Peyton Manning, and they hit it with Andrew Luck, even though they didn't win it with Andrew Luck. That should have played out differently. Nevertheless, Luck steps away earlier. Fine. But twice you've hit the lottery. It's not about Ursay, his leadership, his direction, his vision. This is not that. And if you don't buy into that, just look at what he's doing to his franchise. And yesterday. In this presser, Jason, he's trying to make us believe, well, you know, I uh, listen to Al and, you know, when he was the Raiders owner, he's trying to drop all these name references, right? Like that, that makes this situation better. It doesn't. I don't give a damn about all of that. If you're a Colts fan, you're going, what are we doing? And this is now a complete train wreck. And by the way, you don't fix this in an offseason. Oh, this, no. this this doesn't get turned around in one offseason. So this, now this, was, this tra- stench this stench will be on them for a long time. You, you Good luck getting you. free agents. Good oh. luck getting qualified coaches to come there. What you're, you're gonna fire me in the middle of the season and who are you coming for next? Are we gonna make why don't you make Peyton Manning the next head coach? Like you're gonna you're gonna fire exactly. me. Exactly. Well, well, yeah, it, it, 
is Jeff Saturday on the phone with Peyton right now? Give me some plays. I mean, come like, on. I, I don't know. It, I, I just it, think this it, is he not invoked an Tony Dungy's name. Okay, so he did that. He went he there. Did. He invoked Tony Dungy. He did. If he would have called Tony Dungy for counsel, which he absolutely should have, Tony Dungy, I I would bet my life would tell him, Jim, that's the biggest mistake you could ever possibly make. You've got qualified men on your staff. We've got people. Like, Herm Edwards just went back to ESPN. If he turned to Herm Edwards, if he turned to Gary Kubiak, even Brian Billick, I don't know, like, whatever, you could sell me on, you're at least trying to have a semblance of sort of professionalism and give these players a fighting chance because the the coach knows what it at least means to be an NFL head coach. And again, Jeff Saturday, had he made it clear he had zero ambitions. Until they called him, he had never thought – he never spent five minutes sitting with his boys drinking a beer thinking, I wonder what it would be like to work 20 hours a day as an NFL head coach. Like, I think that's my passion. I think that's – like, it wasn't even on his radar. And now they're sitting up there telling you this might not just be for eight games. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, on the gambling side, I've been saying for three weeks, fade them, fade them, fade them. They don't have a chance. There's no way these guys are going to believe. When an owner starts coaching a team, they're effed. They're double F now. It was six yesterday. If that line hasn't gone up dramatic, if the Raiders cannot win this football game oh. in commanding fashion, then they should shut up, shut, set up, you know, shut down shop too. Like you don't do this in the NFL. You don't do this to grown men who are playing a sport that is this violent and this dangerous, and you're making a mockery out of it so that you can get your pick in next year's quarterback. I'm not anti-tanking, but there's there's a certain protocol to it, like. There's a way to do it that doesn't undermine your entire existence as a franchise. This really undermines, to me, their entire existence as a franchise. Now, and let's talk about this, too. As we're talking about the Colts, they fire Frank Wright. Last night was the press conference to introduce Jeff Saturday as the new head coach, the new interim coach of the, uh, the Colts. A longtime center there, as we said, won a Super Bowl, had great success. Has nothing to do with this. If I'm a player in that locker room, Jason, if I'm a veteran player in that locker room and we started in the summer talking about Super Bowl oh, yeah. aspirations yeah. and Matt Ryan and all the things that we thought yeah. we were missing. And yeah. now I'm seeing this. I am going to protect my own interest. Oh, hell yeah. To your point. I am not going all out for this bullshit. I'm yeah. not, I'm not doing it. No. I'm going to protect my interest and make sure that I'm hell healthy yeah. and I'm good to go so that however the season plays out, I'm going to be good next year. And more importantly, I might be somewhere else because this yeah. is crap. And, and this is what would make me irate too. And I, again, I believe this is a master plan that he's been thinking about for a while. He waits till after the trade deadline. So you, oh. you, can, you can demand a trade all you want, right? I can't do anything. And I can't kill everybody. I got to feel the team. So, like, that's, I think it's real Machiavellian. Like, this guy has taken the franchise back. He's taken all the power back. He's got Chris Ballard, who a lot of people in this league, including me, respected for a long time. But he's starting to come off as a really useful uh, idiot to a guy who's punch drunk with power. And so, like, now and he's saying, oh, yeah, Ballard, you're, you're with me here. And so Ballard has got this puppet master, and now he's got – uh, a, a completely unqualified, ill-equipped coach, and he's he's, he's, and he's keeping this GM because well, the the GM can take some bullets that I don't have to take, and it's like really the owner is the owner, the GM, the head coach, and really even sort of the play caller because he's dictating the style of play by dictating who the quarterback is. That's ridiculous. 
And I'm so glad you said that. I hope you guys are hearing what Jason's saying. If this was Gus Bradley, who's on the staff, or yeah. if this was John Fox, who's on the staff, okay, what Jason is telling you guys is there would be pushback. These are guys who have done it, and they say, hey, wait a minute. If you're going to give it to me, let me do it, and let me do it how I need to do it. There's not going to be any pushback from Jeff Saturday. And they listen, told you I we're sticking with the kid. The first thing anybody who's trying to win football games would say is, we're paying these two guys all this money. One's won a Super Bowl. One almost won a Super Bowl. This kid isn't ready, and we're not even running the kind of offense that would really allow him to do anything. Like, we would have to lean heavily into running this kid yes. 12, 15 times a game, which they haven't come close to doing. Like, this is – I mean, everybody who's been in the league can see through – everybody sees this for exactly what it is. They are fooling nobody. Nobody. Yeah. B Ballard, Chris Ballard, by the way, I, how long do you hold on to this guy? Last oh, night, I, I think he's. I think he told you he's a made man. Like he's willing to go along with this stuff. He's he's willing to co-sign it at least to some degree. So that's my guy. I mean, what's he really doing anyway? Yeah, B Ballard has constructed, by the way, a flawed roster. Oh yeah, we see that now, and he's not taking any of the blame. He got testy in the oh, presser yeah. last night when he was asked oh, about the roster. Wanted me to draft receivers. <laughs> uh, this is a mess. All right, we got to turn the page. Uh, Colts fans, sorry. You you guys, we'll Super see you. In, we'll see you in five. Okay, five years that is because you got to get a quarterback. You don't win with rookie quarterbacks in the league, and you got to restructure this roster. It's going to be a minute, and and this has now got gone from bad to worse for the Colts. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle. Subscribe. This is why. All right. We take you inside the huddle. We take you inside the league. I, I got to ask you about the Bears. They lose. This was to me the most exciting game of the weekend. Yeah. 35 32, back and forth to a Justin Fields. But Fields, 178 yards rushing, surpassing Mike Vick, who ran for 173 back in 02 against the Vikings. We're talking about a regular season game. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, Jason, and I'm going, holy crap, they're using him the right way. RPOs, pull it, quick hitters, let him get out on the edge. Yeah. And then people around the league are like, oh, I didn't know Justin was this fast. I did. I mean, I don't know what you were expecting. And it's like, have they found the magic now with how they're going to try to use him the remaining part of the season, the remaining eight games? I think they have, but I, I laugh at all these people giving them attaboys for doing this in the middle of the season. 
like having this eureka moment during the bye. Like, <laughs> did you like when you when you interviewed for the job, right? Like when you interviewed the, for the I can't imagine interviewing for that Bears job last January and not saying, okay, I'm not totally sold on him, but I get it. You just drafted him. He's our guy. So here's my plan to get the best out of him. Look, I'm going to go and look at what Sirianni started doing with Hertz uh, yes. right around late October last year. I'm going to go and study Greg Roman's option game with Lamar Jackson. And we're going to, that's going to be our identity. And it's going to start from the first OTA and it's going to take us into the regular season. And that's how we'll protect this offensive line and this quarterback. They can't sack him if he's running at them. Like, wh- why are people championing them for, for being, you know, somehow progressive or smart by wasting an entire offseason, right? Like, what the hell planet am I on? All right, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Luke Getze is why. He was the quarterback's coach for Aaron Rodgers the last few seasons in Green Bay. Here's the point. He didn't call plays. I'm not disrespecting Getze. Fine, you get an opportunity to go be an OC, you go do it. But the reality is he didn't call plays in Green Bay. And he's he's sitting there, and I, I got to be honest, what do you do when you're the quarterback's coach for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Good job, Aaron. Yeah. That's all you do, especially yep. the last three years as Aaron has been balling out and winning yeah. MVPs. So you get the job in Chicago. You have this dynamic quarterback, which people are now seeing, and you go, well, uh, go back to the early games. They're running similar things that they ran in Green Bay, but it's not what Justin does well. Yeah. He's not to that level yet where he's seeing all of that. So right now you've just minimalized it and made it easier. I'm putting this on the OC and the head coach yeah. Eberflus. Of course. A, a defensive guy goes, yeah, do whatever you want. Now eight games in, they look like geniuses. I totally agree with you. And in the meantime, they've gutted the defense. So it, it like this kid's doing all this, but you got to score 40 now. for like Their equation is literally – like they put up – didn't they put up 29 on Dallas, which is pretty good on that defense? It wasn't even a game. They did. Right? And now we're putting up 32 on Miami, which is not a great defense, um, but they get 35. So, yeah, better late than never. Um, I'm I'm not a part of this hype train that's acting like these guys are, are you know, have had some incredible breakthrough. Um, they got a lot of work to do on their roster. It'd be, it'd be fun to see him with some people who had some twitch and some burst and some interesting – um, mm. you know, some more interesting pieces on offense. So maybe he wouldn't have to do quite as much by himself. But, I mean, they saddled him with a broken offensive line. Um, the pressure rates the first six, eight weeks were horrendous. Um, and they were running an offense that, you know, that statistically was being compared to early 1970s offense from a from a passing production output, bad right. early 1970s offenses. So I'm glad they started to climb out of that hole. But – what 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 the hell? If you didn't, if 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 you weren't smart enough as owners to know to, to know that you had to hire somebody who was going to try to actually build it to this young man's strengths, and that wasn't a prerequisite for the job, then you all deserve the losses. What's going on with the Jets? Big win. I mean, surprised me, man. Oh, I, I was blown away because I kept thinking Zach Wilson was going to continue to make mistakes. He was somehow going to blow the game. He made the plays necessary for them to win, and that defense. The Jets' defense shut down Josh Allen. Now, I know he's dealing with some kind of arm yeah. or shoulder thing. Yeah. We're not quite sure. But we didn't know that Sunday, okay? No. So you went into this game, and you're saying they're perfectly healthy. They got Josh Allen. 
The Jets get two picks on Allen. What's going on with the Jets, man? Look, the, the defense is better than I give it credit for. I was looking at who they had played the last five weeks and said, this is going to be a very different challenge. And I'm 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 uh I'm a non-believer until they convert me. Well, they they pretty much converted me. Uh I do think something was up with Allen in that game. Uh and obviously we know now that there's an injury situation. He's gonna have to see a specialist and, and get as we speak right now. You know, they're still awaiting word. I can't imagine he doesn't miss sometime. I mean, that's a team that's super bowler bust, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and I can't imagine taking any risks with him in season if it's something that a week or two of rest could really help kind of tamp down hopefully it's not any more serious than that uh but that was a huge win for the jets i i can't minimize it i mean they lost both times to the bills last year by 17 or more points they played in week 18 and zach wilson got his face torn off and the bills really didn't have anything to play for and it was a debacle and for no you know no Brees hall and they seem to be adjusting to that a little bit now I still worry about their I still worry about their offensive line. In the AFC, I don't know how you don't think they're viable. They're building confidence and the defense, the defense believes it's a top five unit. Like they, they believe it. They play with that sort of swag. They play with that sort of confidence. They don't waver. And now they've done it against the possibly the league MVP. I I look, I, I thought they were gonna get blown out by two touchdowns. I was completely wrong. And Maybe they have really turned the corner as a franchise. And that division is now fascinating. Patriots are kind of winning without a quarterback. I'm not really, but I, but they're also winning without an offensive coordinator. Like, what are we doing here with Matt Patricia? Like, but but like they're viable, like they're live. Like Matt Judon's a defensive MVP candidate again. And like, except for when Mac Jones throws up jump balls, they don't beat them themselves. So that's an interesting team. Miami is obviously Miami hasn't lost a game that two has started and finished. Yep. And now the Jets may have turned a corner and the Bills might suddenly be a little vulnerable. So I know we've talked a lot and people around the league have talked a lot about the NFC East and, and its rise. But the, the AFC East, there's no cupcakes there anymore. Yeah, I uh, I had this conversation with Baldy um, last week, maybe two weeks ago. And he talked about Quentin Williams and how dominant he is in that interior defensive line. And then... You're watching Sauce Gardner on the outside, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, this we talk about Seattle hitting in the draft. Hell, the Jets hitting the draft. Yeah. This draft is all of a sudden you're looking around and you're going stud, 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 and they're paying dividends. So I agree with you, man. This division now goes from it's Bills and everybody else to yeah. attrition. Who's going to be great these last eight weeks of the season and who can kind of hold on to see who's going to win this division? I think it is up for grabs. I am going to back off the Bills a little bit just because of this this injury. Yeah. Listen, Josh is injured. That's a different team. Different oh. team. Yeah. No. That look, he he is a force of nature. I mean, he he does things on a weekly basis that you can't you can't teach, and you, it, it's awful hard to defend. Um, do I think they'll totally fall apart? No. They got a really no. they got a great defensive no. coordinator. They've got a, a system that they can't run all the same stuff with Josh, but. Um, they're balanced. They run the ball this year better than they have in the past, and I think better than people still give them credit for. And it's a legit defense that should be getting healthier in the second half of the year. Uh, but yeah, you take a Josh Allen out of that, you're 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 talking about um, leveling the playing field in a big way. Two teams I want to connect, and two teams I think that are cooked. 
It's Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon Four in the huddle. Subscribe. We put new episodes out every Tuesday, Thursday, not only through the football season, off season. This never stops. It's the NFL. It never stops. You inside of all the information. Two things. Two Carl, two, we, we might, one of us might get a head coaching job we <laughs> like, out of this podcast. Well, let me tell you something. Not anything's possible. If they call me, I'm, they better cut the check, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to take the check just like Jeff Saturday did. You got to front load it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Two teams that I think are cooked, and I want to talk about both. One, Packers. Yeah. Two, Cardinals. Yeah. And the Lions went over the Packers. You talk about a shocker and all of this stuff, and we know the deficiencies with the Packers. But the Cardinals. All right. Is is Cliff Kingsbury under any kind of pressure right now after you just paid Kyler Murray and this offense looks like a, a complete crap? They don't it, it, do anything offensively that is impressive. They never have. And he got he got doubled down on a mistake. Um, look, I had thought that they are completely fraudulent from the moment they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Well, they were they were actually they were fraudulent the, <laughs> the year they drafted Rosen, ran him out after a year and made Steve Wilkes wear that thing, even though Steve Kine, the GM, put the entire staff together, picked the players, picked everything. Right, you make Wilkes the fall guy. They, 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 they're uh, they're they're an afterthought. They're a joke. You know, they win some games. They don't win anything of significance. They get worse as the sample size expands. Their warts become ever prevalent. The deeper we go into a season, they draft positionless defenders who who don't really have a clue. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, when you reward, it's not even rewarding mediocrity. It's rewarding your own impulse buy in the first place. Um, oh, and just give them more time and just give them more money. Or are you giving them new, are you giving them more ideas? Are you making them work harder? Are you making them work smarter? Are you bringing in somebody else in that staff to have some checks and balances? Um or are you just letting them sort of continue to run their own science experiment? And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I've got generational wealth and I can always go back to the college game anyway. Uh, it, it's a joke. They're a joke. Uh, none of this surprises me. You talk to people in that division who play them with regularity. There's a reason why Kyler Murray yep. and Cliff Kingsbury can't win in their own division because the teams that know them best know what a fraud they are. Um, street ball is fun. It's fine. You're not going to win games with regularity up here doing it. Uh, the GM is a made man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, 
there's cronyism and nepotism are a blight on this league. And when you become so chummy with your top football executive that all of his misdeeds, including very serious criminal DUI situation, are continually swiped, uh, swept under the rug because you really like hanging out with him during and after games, well, your football product might suck. You might be stealing your fans' money. You might be fraudulent. You're fraudulent. You're not in the business of winning football games. You're in the business of trying to prove your own asinine decisions correct. I, I mean, I, oh, the, the only, like, we can talk, talk about the Ursay thing, but do I think it was too soon? Yeah. Do I think the Saturday thing is the biggest joke in the history of the NFL? I do. But at least he was willing to say, this ain't working for me. I don't care that I just gave him extensions. It's over. Yes. And I'm going to run it. Like, I yes. at least have to give him some credit for that. The, the This 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 sham with Steve Kime out there in the desert, I mean, it's like no accountability. We're, we're just we're, – we're, we're, it's never my fault. It's never his fault. Stuff just happens. Losses just fall from the sky. It's not Cliff's fault. It's not Kyler's fault. It's not my fault. It's not the owner's fault. We just have really bad luck. Just hang in there and keep throwing money at us, and we'll figure it out. Shut up. It's a great point. Jason, whatever happened to teams saying, no, we're not paying you. Tough shit. We're not going to pay you. Whatever happened to, hey, I know you're in your third year of your fifth year, you know, contract, your five-year contract. We're not paying you. Come back, play great. I don't give a damn if you unfollow us on Instagram. I don't care if you, you know, yeah. don't like my post on Facebook. I don't care if you don't put out TikTok videos with Cardinals gear. I just think we've gotten to this point. Like everybody's like, oh, the Cardinals were forced to pay Kyler Murray. No, they weren't. They didn't have to do it. But they did it, and then they caved, and now all I'm saying is it looks like a bad decision because you see there's no growth. I saw Justin Herbert last weekend with an injury-plagued team without wide receiver one and two, basically one dude that can make plays in Austin Eckler and came and beat the Falcons, who's been a very good defensive team pretty much all season long, Mm -hmm. because there's growth. You see it with Herbert. You see it with other young guys in this league, and I'm looking at Kyler Murray. And and, and listen, screw the homework policy, okay? I'm not yeah. even talking about that. I'm just talking about week to week. If I put on the film, and I do, and you watch Murray from week to week, I'm going, where is the growth? What, what am I seeing? And this is the mistake they made. Instead of saying, no, they just said yes. Well, and even, look, Cliff King, the whole Cliff Kingsbury thing is, is a joke. So, like, Cliff isn't going to reinvent himself. Cliff isn't going to go do some deep introspection. Cliff isn't going to bring in, like I said, someone from the outside who looks at football completely different and say, okay, be my quality control. Help help me figure this out. They just believe in what they believe, and they've been rewarded for doing what they're going to do. So Mm. nothing changes. There aren't better opening quarter scripts. There aren't. They're not benching guys or, 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 or doing anything to kind of shake it up there. I mean... So is it on Kyler? Sure. But it's like, this guy's not an NFL head coach. There's nothing in his background that ever said he was an NFL head coach. Nobody else was thinking of him at the time. He just got hired to be USC's offensive coordinator as an NFL head coach. So, I mean, am I surprised at all? No, but like, you're just, it's like, you think you're smarter than everybody else and you want to be right so bad. But you're not going to be right, and you're just continuing to waste more of that kid's career and waste more of your fans' money. 
Um, and by the way, that growth that I'm talking about comes through what you're talking about, coaching, coaching, right? The vision, what, what a guy is really doing better or worse, it's still coaching. It's You're right. It's not all on Kyler Murray. He's still a very young guy. But that growth comes through the staff and what guys have seen and, and, and the vision of the staff. It's all missing there. What do you think about the Packers? I think they're cooked. Cooked. Yeah, that was it. They couldn't get off the mat at halftime at Ford Field against that historically bad defense that gives up 32 points a game. Um, if you don't have the gumption and conviction, to, I mean, all it would have taken is really finish one drive. And you probably still win that football game, then yeah, you're 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 over. Um, you know, look, I, we've talked about it. I've written quite a bit about it. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people around the league about it. This, you know, this thing was built for like this magic carpet ride. Like they're used to just, oh, the old man quarterback shows up and wins MVPs. Well, what happens if the, the moves you made on defense don't make you better? They they actually make you worse. And what happens if shocker? Taking Devontae Adams off your team because you gave all the money to the quarterback might not make you a better football team. Like, what happens if yeah. the off, if Bakhtiari isn't what he was anymore and you're rotating tackles and your line is just eh? Um, what happens if you're not the smartest guys in the room and you don't have an MVP quarterback anymore and your head coach, who everybody's telling me is such a genius, while the, 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 the plug-and-play quarterbacks win an MVP award? Well, what happens when he hits real adversity for the first time? You know what? What? What's Plan B? What? What is? What? What adjustments does he make? How, how do they reinvent themselves on the fly to try to salvage a season? And at this point, how much does Rodgers even care? Like, if you're not questioning that, then you're not watching these games, and you haven't been. Uh, I think he he believes it's a lost season. I don't think he's ever bought this head coach, but he's put up with him because what am I going to do? We win 14 games every year. Um, I I. I they're not – and they're stuck with him for another year. Yep. So, I it, – it's really untenable. Um, I don't know what the plan out is, what the way out is. And go look at their schedule. I was talking to a couple GMs about this the other night. They might have to play Jordan Love just to showcase him for trade. Because mm. they, how are you going to get – like – you're stuck with this guy for at least another year, maybe two. He clearly is not elevating anybody. You now, all of a sudden, he's gone from a guy who makes everybody better to a guy who needs help all over the place. We, Yeah, we made the Adams trade, but we don't have enough of a surplus of picks to go from a team that can, can't win in the crappy NFC to a team that really has a shot of winning a Super Bowl next year. So, like, I mean, if you're three and nine and, and you drafted this kid in the first round as the heir apparent, like at what point, and, and and your guy can't even complete one yard passes in the red zone anymore. <laughs> like he may need to sit down, you know, and 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 let let like let let him go walk the earth like kung fu for a couple of weeks, and you know, take whatever he likes to take and do whatever he likes to do, have a cleanse or whatever, um, and see if this young man can play football and at least be mobile, you know, do help you extend plays. I, I don't know, but it's not going anywhere good and. They created a monster there and they put everything in the quarterback at the expense of a lot of other stuff. And now not only is he not an MVP candidate, he's not a winning quarterback. He's not playing winning football. Um, and he's being hit more than he's used to. And none of it's bringing out the best in him. 
Jason, before we wrap up, Jason Lock on Fora, Carl Dukes, put him up. And of course, our man, Brian Boldinger. We bring you In the Huddle every Tuesday, Thursday, and uh, we release new episodes. Guys, subscribe, like, tell your friends about us. You don't want to miss any of these episodes. All right, I got to ask you about the Ravens last night. Ravens go down, they beat the Saints 27-13. Four sacks for the Ravens. We talked about the lack of defense earlier in the year. Lamar's Lamar. All he does is win, finds a way. They get production from Kenyon Drake. And now they're really in control, yeah. right, in the north. I mean, six and three. I'm looking at the Ravens, and I'm going, This they're in a good spot. Yeah, they are, and they should be a lot healthier coming off the body. You know, they're in a, a spot now where they play one game in about 23 days. They play on a Thursday. They don't play again until Monday, and then they have a bye, and then they get the Panthers after that, which should be a homecoming game. So, <laughs> yeah, the schedule sets up well. Uh you know, Mark Andrews will be back on the other side of the bye. I believe Gus Edwards will be back on the other side of the bye. Um, maybe J.K. Dobbins as well at some point, uh, you know, maybe in, in late November, early December. And remember, um, they took David Ajabo in the second round. And he, you know, towards Achilles at uh, his pro day, um, they're starting to understand the concepts of their new young uh, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who they went from being a blitz-heavy team to a team that's playing a ton of zone. Um, I, yeah, and you look at their schedule, and you look at the fact that the Bengals don't have a win in the division yet, and the Ravens are off to a good start in the division, including a win over the Bengals. Um, they do have a head-to-head -head loss to Miami, which could be a factor for seeding purposes, um, and they also have a head-to-head -head loss to Buffalo. But no, they're road-grading people again. Uh, the offensive line is better than it's been in three years since before Ronnie Stanley got hurt. Uh, and they create turnovers and they get sacks, which are things they have not done the last few years. So yeah, in a year where everything is so watered down, uh, we've got a former MVP quarterback. They, they certainly are a factor in the AFC. This yeah. defense being much improved is huge. And if they want to just keep the ball and play keep away, like they have the last few weeks, um, since Ronnie Stanley's come back, they, they obviously have the ability to do that. Um, they don't have guys who can win on the outside. They, you know, the, the receiver room is what it is, but they can beat you in the slot with a couple of different people. Uh, and when you run the ball that well, and, and you know, you're going to hit some stuff on play action. So at some point, I think you'll see a little bit of more from a, from a, a downfield perspective from their offense. Not a ton, but enough to keep people honest. So, yeah, that's certainly a team that – you should keep your eyes on very closely when they come out of the bye because a lot of things seem to be setting up for them. Yeah, Andrew's coming back, right? I mean, Bateman, Rashad Bateman, all these guys. I totally agree with you. And and I said, Lamar just wins. I mean, uh, you can say all you want to say about him and talk about what he is and yep. what he isn't. He just he just wins, man. Um, Saints, on the other hand, Andy Dalton's not the answer. They're in trouble. No. So th there's some things they've got to figure out if they're going to try to compete for this division. The irony is they're only a game out. Oh, yeah, they're right there. So, you know. It's wild. Jason, great job as always, man. Once again, it's in the huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with Jason LaConfora, Brian Baldinger. We'll bring you a new episode on Thursday. Subscribe to In the Huddle, like us, and make sure you don't miss an episode. Have a great day, everybody.